All right. Hi, guys. This is Alana Terry, and you are listening to the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. And I have a special guest who has never yet been on the show before. This is Scott, who happens to be my husband. Yay, me. So, Scott, welcome. And for those of you who may not have finished listening to all of Season 5, we played for you What Dreams May Come which is the romance that I wrote about how I actually met my husband, Scott, who shares a first name with the Scott in the book. We Wait, is that a coincidence? It's it's very coincidental. Isn't that strange? Wow. Who would have thought, right? I have no idea. <laughs> so if you have not listened to the entire audiobook of What Dreams May Come, you might want to finish that. Although unlike some of the other after shows that I've recorded, this one's probably going to have fewer spoilers about the audiobook itself. Um, unless, you know, spoiler alert, Susanna and Scott, you know, get together at the end of the book, which I don't think most people will be surprised by that. And another spoiler, I'm married to my Scott, but um, we wanted to, well, I wanted, and I asked my <laughs> husband, and he wonderfully agreed to come and have a conversation with us about how he and I met. We met? We did. We met, what was it, 17 years ago? Uh, more than that, because we've been married for almost 16, so it's been like 18 years. We met in 2002. And it's 2020. And almost 18 years then, because it was like August of 2002. So basically half of my lifetime ago. Yeah, you just told everybody how old you are. Well, you know, if they want to do the math, they can figure out that I'm 36. <laughs> wow. Not only, do, you, do you do that with our kids? Like when, if they're having a problem with a math problem, do you give them the answer too? I don't need to answer that. <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> so, Scott, I don't have any like formal agenda, but... I thought it would be fun to kind of recap the story of how I surprised you with this novel. Do you want to tell him that story? Um, what I remember of it is, I remember, maybe you should, I mean, I do yeah. absolutely remember, but the details, I remember being surprised like on a podcast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it was one of your on early podcasts. Call, yeah. yeah. So what happened was, you knew I was writing a book. I did. You knew I was Which writing, happens a lot. Yep. And you knew I was writing a romance, which was different. Which was, yep, definitely mm -hmm. out of your... Yeah, because usually I write suspense. Mm -hmm. And that was about it. Yep. I didn't talk through plot points, which isn't, again, isn't all that unusual. But you do frequently talk about plot points, especially yeah. if you're dealing it's with... It's not unheard of, right. for sure, you know, if I'm stuck <laughs> on something or, or things like that. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't talked to you about this romance, but you know I was writing a romance. Right. And that was about it. And so, I forget exactly how the recording happened, but we did get it on video. Yeah, and that's what I can't remember is like, what were the circumstances okay. of the recording? So, you bought me an early Christmas present. Yes, which was your... Which was a really cool shirt. Right. So, tell, tell people about the shirt because that was really neat. So, there's a, I think it's called Litographs Online, where you can turn the document from a book into... A shirt where they print every word on the shirt mm -hmm. and that's what I had done so I had taken I believe it was, it was Beloved, Beloved Daughter, Daughter my yep. very first book yeah you're uh, welcome to writing novel and went through them and had them mm -hmm. turn that into a t-shirt and so you have all of the words of your novel or most of them mm -hmm. were able to actually mm -hmm. fit on the t-shirt yeah I guess if you were my size you could have fit like you know war and <laughs> peace because I'm a, I'm a much bigger person than you are no but it's really really cool and so what I did, like that came in the mail and you said it was an early Christmas present, but then like we're really bad at saving Christmas Yes, presents. we are. 
this was like probably in the fall, you know, like several months at least before Christmas. And so you said, well, do you want to open it? And I knew that I had a present coming for you too. And so I said, sure. And what I did was I said, well, I opened the present and then I'm like, this is really cool. I want to do a video to show people on YouTube this cool present you got me. Mm -hmm. So that's all that you thought it was going to be. Right. And then I said, oh, and by the way, I have a present for you too. And so you opened it up and it was a Kindle, which you kind of wanted to begin mm -hmm. with. And at first you were kind of like, oh, okay, I've been wanting a Kindle. That's nice. Yeah. And then I forget how I told you. I think the book was already downloaded on there. Yeah. You said like go to the first book okay. or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, it was your and novel. And the description. Yeah. And when you read the description, which talked about a girl named Susanna falling in love with a guy named Scott whose job was to recruit her for this missionary trip, then you kind of realized what was going on. That, yeah, it was very eerily similar yes. to how we met. Because you were my missionary recruiter. Yeah, I, I was. It all started with an email. Yes, so tell people about the email. Well, I... Or do we need to back up and talk about Russia? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You're so, gonna. Yeah. So, I opened up my email, and I it said, I think it said like Russia trip, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting, and I opened it up, and the email said, hello, Scott, my name is Alana Terry, and I'm interested in going to Russia with the organization that you went with, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, cool, and I had actually taken my journal. Yep. Uh, that I had written, which journalizing is actually out of the ordinary for me. But when I went on my Russia trip, so the previous uh, summer, I had mm -hmm. gone on a trip uh, to Siberia where I spent 12 weeks in Yakutsk, which is actually further east in Russia than Siberia. Siberia actually mm -hmm. ends and you get into some other economic regions. And uh, so we, I was in Yakutsk. And so I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. And so I sent you my journal, which I had mm -hmm. typed up. And gave you a glimpse into everything that was going on in terms of, you know, my six-week trip or 12-week trip, whatever it was. It was a long time. Yeah, so basically I wanted to take the same mission trip that you had just come back from. And you had told the organization, hey, if anybody's interested in this trip, I can let them know what it was like. And that's what you did. So and that's what I did. You so, yeah. followed up because you wanted to get a feel for what the trip would be like if you mm -hmm. went on it next year. Yeah. And yeah. And so like email number two that I got from you had this like 40 page attachment as a Word doc with your entire journal. That, so I assume you had written it longhand and then just typed yeah, it up. Yeah, exactly. Home. Uh -huh. And for those of you listening who I know love to read and love books and maybe have a lean toward the romantic, I think at least some people can understand how I could read these 40 pages of not your deepest, darkest secrets, but no. I definitely got to, you know, to know your heart through it. And especially your heart for missions and your heart for Russia and mm -hmm. your heart for serving the Lord. Partnered with your impeccable grammar. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I was kind of hooked from, you know, from the time I finished reading your journal. I was hands down in love with you. I had you at hello. You had me at correct comma usage <laughs> Scott and I hit joke about this all the time that like really it did make a big difference he was very well written which again some people would be like why does that matter but I know that you guys listening since you love books can you guys can follow me. you can get it <laughs> speaking of loving books 
There's another kind of funny story to how we met, which would not have happened if it had not been for Crime and Punishment. So you mentioned the Russian novel War and Peace, mm -hmm. which I have read, but my very first Russian novel I ever read was Crime and Punishment. I read it in high school in, I forget if it was 11th or 12th grade, but loved it. And therefore started reading all kinds of other Russian literature. I think, no, I don't think, I do like Anna Karenina even more than Crime and Punishment, but Crime and Punishment was what got me hooked mm -hmm. on Russian literature. And as a result of my love for Russian literature, when my church was hosting a short-term mission trip to Russia, it was the first summer, well, it was the summer after my freshman year of college. I was very excited to go, and that was my first mission trip. We were in totally different regions of Russia, but when I came back, I really wanted to continue. Actually, no, it was after my second year of college. That doesn't matter. But I knew that I wanted to continue pursuing missionary work, specifically in Russia, which is how I started doing research, found the organization that you were working with, which is how we got to emailing. And while we were in Russia, because of the journal and your journal, mm -hmm. we were able to ascertain that we were in the same place, so in Russia, off of Red Square, I don't know if it's still there because it's been almost 20 years since I've been there, but there was a mall that was partially mm -hmm. underground. Yep, it was an underground mall in Moscow. In Moscow, mm -hmm. and uh, at the same place, we were able to figure out that we were at that mall at the, on the same day, mm -hmm. at the same time, eating lunch, mm -hmm. and we didn't know each other. We never met yeah. each other. We didn't, yeah. we didn't, you know, we probably... Like may have noticed another group of Americans or people speaking English yeah, or but something, not to where but we didn't go over and say hi or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. But the likelihood is extremely high, if not a hundred percent, that we were there together in Russia mm -hmm. at the same time. We were at least there within an hour yeah. of each other, eating in the same food court. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you sent me your journal. I fell in love with you. Looking back, I can totally recognize how. A, that's something that easily any 19-year-old girl would do. <laughs> and B, probably not the smartest and safest. <laughs> you know, thankfully, you're not an axe murderer and anything like that. But it's so funny because, um, like, I would I would freak out if, if our, our kids, kids were doing the same, the same thing. thing. You know, and we've got a 14-year-old. Like, he's, in five years, he'll be the age that, that I you am were, when yeah. I met you. So what, what do you remember from just our getting to know each other? Do you have any first impressions? It took you a little bit longer, I think, to, like I said, like I read your journal and knew that I wanted to marry you. It well, maybe I was took older. you a little longer, yeah. I, I was older. I was living on my own in mm -hmm. Southern California. Mm -hmm. And actually for me, the reason that, that we were able to, I, I was able to fall in love with you was because of the telephone. Yep. Uh, because I lived in uh, Long Beach, North Long Beach, actually, in, you know, like South Compton, North Long Beach area, and I worked mm -hmm. in Fountain Valley. Yeah, so you had which a long was, commute. It was a 29.6-mile one-way commute. I'll always remember that. But because it was Southern California, that one-way commute was also an hour Over and a half. An hour, yeah. So mm -hmm. every day we talked for an hour and a half on the way to work, and on for an hour and a half on the way home from work, mm -hmm. and then our nights and minutes, my nights and uh, weekend minutes kicked off. Right, right. So, so explain that because like this is going to be weird. Some people are young enough that they have no idea what night <laughs> minutes means. Well, actually, I think some cell, some cell phone companies still do that. There really are still limits. They're just the numbers are so high. Mm -hmm. But it used to be that I would get say you know 
500 free minutes that you could talk on the phone, which goes really fast Mm -hmm. over the course of a month. Oh, yeah. And then after 9 o'clock p.m. or, you know, like after 9 o'clock on Friday all the way Mm -hmm. through, you know, 7 a.m. on on Monday, there would be no charge for them. So you could talk Mm -hmm. all you want because those Mm -hmm. weren't peak hours. And this was in the early 2000s. And so for me, I was living in L.A. and you were living in Boston. Mm -hmm. And so like my night, my free minutes would kick off. And after like if you went over your 500, it was like 10 cents a minute. Oh, yeah. And that adds up really, really quick. Yeah. Yeah. What was the biggest bill? Over 3,000. It was about (laughs) $3,300. And that was that was also when you had to pay extra for long distance. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) So it was just this this inordinately high amount of time. But we were able to to really get to know each other on a deep level yeah. before ever have any, you know, we never had any of those, you know, where do you want to go for lunch arguments. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We never had to deal with any sort of physical intimacy mm-hmm. issues or anything mm-hmm. like that because we weren't together. Yeah, so all we were able to do apart. was talk. <laughs> and so, you know, it went very quickly from, you know, surface level conversations mm-hmm. to, you know, deep conversations where we were able to get to know each other. And, and this was before meeting somebody online was really a thing. It was right. long before Tinder. It was long mm-hmm. before Match.com. Well, and you and I didn't have Facebook at that point. My picture didn't exist online. Yeah. Like you went and you tried to Google me and I did not exist. And I, the one thing that I did that maybe was smart of me, <laughs> not, <laughs> not that smart to, you know, totally fall in love with someone you haven't met. It worked in our case, but I did not send you my picture until we were very far along in our Until after I had said I love you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And which was, which was good. So I didn't have, not that you aren't ravishingly gorgeous, but it was good that I didn't have any sort of, there was no physical hang up. Right. It was it, it all was, based on, yeah. you know, how I got to know you. Yes. And, and that for sure helped me to feel um, more safe and secure. You know, if you were out for an easy target, me living 3,000 miles away and you having no idea what I looked like didn't make me an easy target, you know, from that standpoint. Right. So that was cool. And, you know, I, I really do appreciate that we did have hours a day to talk. I mean, without exaggerating, it was probably, you know, three hours minimum. Mm-hmm. Some days probably closer to five hours that we just talked about things. Yeah. And and not just, you know, surface things. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just, hi, how are you? You right, know, how's right. the weather in Boston? Mm-hmm. And we got into, you, you know. that funny cat meme? <laughs> <laughs> it might have even been before those. I mean, it, it was, was before memes. It was before, really before YouTube. Google was still pretty new. The very first time I used Google as a verb was when we both confessed that we Googled each other. You're like, yeah, I guess what? I Googled you. I'm like, yeah, I Googled you too. <laughs> yeah, trying to trying to get as much information as we could. And... Which before Facebook and things like that, there really wasn't a lot of information. No. Like I think you saw my name in something from my local newspaper. It was, I think it was your college newspaper or, or something oh, like right, that. Oh, right, because I had gone on like a volunteer trip one spring break. Something like that, like Habitat up. for Humanity right, or right, something. Right. and. Yeah, I had no idea which it was like you and like nine other people uh-huh, and I had no uh-huh. idea which was which, but Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, what like what do you think of in terms of kind of going from this long distance? So, we were long distance for over a year. Well over a year, yeah. And we had a couple periods. So, basically, let me back up a tiny bit and give the parallels between our story and Scott and Susanna in the book and their story. So they met basically the same way and fell in love in a very similar way. And then 
in What Dreams May Come, Susanna's got this entire other dilemma going on in that now that her mother has passed, she is the sole caregiver for her adult sibling with disabilities. And so she's always wanted to go on the mission field, but now she can't. And so she doesn't want to keep Scott in the novel. It's weird with you both being Scott. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't want to keep her Scott from fulfilling his call as a missionary you know that that didn't play in like the story about the sibling with disabilities doesn't follow our story right but we did have a period where we kind of called things off for a little bit we got back together and then we basically went from the the part where our story picks up back in kind of in parallel with scott and Susanna in the book is we met at urbana mm -hmm. at the missions, um, missions conference. conference there so right. do you want to talk a little bit about your side of how that went my side of how that went. Well, so I went representing the organization that I was becoming, planning on becoming a long-term missionary with. Mm -hmm. I was there to, you know, gain people yeah. to, to, you mm -hmm. know, bring people on. And uh, you were there to, to get engaged. I mean, I mean, you were there as a student. And so now in this, I, I have to tell people how it is. Okay. You realize I have to be completely honest. Oh, you're going to tell this story. I, am, I have to. All right. So I'm there, I'm helping uh, my organization set up our booth in the exhibit hall, you know, and if you've ever been to Urbana, you know, at the time there was like, you know, 5,000 exhibitors there. So it was all these booths and people moving stuff around and, you know, kind of a festive time. And my beloved here was joining with her church. I think it was her youth group or her college group or something like that. And she called me and said, well, I'm here. I'm at the registration building. Mm hmm and I went, oh, I'm right across the street. And we hadn't planned on actually meeting in person until the next day. Right, because I knew you were going to be really busy with setup. And yeah, and you were going to come and find me. Registration was really crazy. I mean, it's tens of thousands of people. It so is, it's yeah. very overwhelming. Do you remember I got lost that first yeah. night and you had to come find me? <laughs> it, was a, it was a pretty crazy time. But I, I'm there and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll come over and, and hang out with you for mm -hmm. a little bit. I have some mm -hmm. time. And so I was talking to you on the phone, on the cell phone. Yeah. And you were giving Not me smartphones. What do we have? I don't think I even had a flip phone. I it was just like old Nokia's or something. Yeah, or Motorola, did they do something? Yeah, all, it was just one of those old school. Yeah. I mean, this was the early 90s yeah. uh, no. or early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. And so I just kept you on the phone. I'm like, okay, what door did you go in? And, you know, which way did you turn? And, and to set the scene, like, this is on a college campus. In an auditorium, I think it was where they did like their basketball sports or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, it there was. There were bleachers and there were two thousand people in the room. Thousands of people in the room at that moment. Yeah, but eventually I was able to kind of track down which direction. Direction and and you know I said make sure you stand up and so I came in and I saw you and I said I'm looking right at you mm -hmm. and hung up the phone. Yep. You had no and idea. And I still didn't know which way you were coming from. Yeah. So all you knew <laughs> was that I could see you. And nobody else could, you know, or you couldn't see me. And so mm -hmm. I eventually made my way over to where you were and I walked up the aisle and we had met eyes at this point. And <laughs> I walked up to the aisle and you were sitting in like, you know, the fifth seat in from the aisle and you looked at me. And I've loved you ever since and we've had a great relationship. Yes, Thank right you after <laughs> you no. turned away, looked straight forward and sat down and then wouldn't look at me again. <laughs> 
And I mean, I can understand. I mean, here you are. You're probably 20. Not, yeah, you weren't Wasn't even I 21. Still? It was before yeah, your 21st yeah, birthday. Was, yeah. And, and uh, you know, I come in and I'm standing there. I'm like, well, aren't you going to at least come on, come and say hi? Well, you know what it was? They had this like video orientation and it had just started. And I'm such a rule follower. <laughs> yes, you are. Then I'm like, oh, I guess I need to watch this and then I can say hi to, <laughs> to Scott. <laughs> And so we spent uh, a significant amount of time that evening together. Were there um, any surprises? Because at that point we hadn't met. We'd really only seen a couple of pictures of each other. But we, you know, talked for four hours a day on average. Did you, was, did anything like, wow, I didn't expect that? I don't think so. I mean, I think by that point I had gotten, you know, really, I had gotten to know you really well. Mm -hmm. I knew who you were mm -hmm. and... Yeah, I don't think there was anything that was surprising. Yeah. Uh, and that was December 27th, 2003. Yeah. And so we spent as much time as we could together. We went, you know, did dinners together. I and... think it was 02, wasn't it? Yes. It, it, no. Because was... I graduated college in 03. You know, it, and oh, we right, got married right. in 04. Yeah, <laughs> I was done with college. I might then. be the first person <laughs> in history who got their uh, anniversary correct uh, instead of his wife. But Exactly. Sorry. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so we had spent as much time as we could together. I was I was working, and so I mean right. I was somewhat limited. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, you just hung around the booth with us and mm -hmm. gave random people cards, random students I wrote who you were a there. Bunch of love letters. Yes, and gave them to random people <laughs> to give to you to walk up and and say <laughs> some girl asked me to give this to you. And, and then my they, listeners will think it's sweet. You well, think it's weird, but they're going I, to think it's I do not think it was weird. I think it was very, <laughs> and and uh, you get you only give it to girls to give to me, uh -huh. and they all giggled as they uh -huh. walked away. Or they're you like, "This is so sweet." If you didn't remember that, I would have totally forgotten that I even did that. <laughs> I will never forget that. That's funny. And then on December thirtieth, I picked you up. <laughs> I picked you up at the dorm that you were staying at, mm -hmm. and uh, we went walking. And it was this really nice. It was in Chicago, or outside of Chicago, mm -hmm. in Urbana, mm -hmm. Champaign, Illinois, and it, after Christmas, between Christmas and New Year, and it was like fifty degrees yeah, and sunny. It wasn't cold. It was really warm, and we were just you know walking, and it, it was like this really nice kind of park-like setting. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is the time. And so I reached into my pocket to grab the ring that I had brought with me. And was going to, you know, get down on one knee and do the proposing <laughs> thing until I realized that right below me was a headstone. Yeah, we were walking through a cemetery, cemetery. <laughs> and I didn't really realize what was going on. So props to my husband for not proposing in a cemetery. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, that would have been very bad. But I waited a little bit longer and, and to another place that was uh, slightly less idyllic, but slightly <laughs> also slightly less morbid. Right. And I proposed to you, and that the was... history? Yeah, 16... <laughs> well, it was over 16 years ago since that. That was December 30th, 2003. Mm -hmm. And we're working on 16 yeah. years now that we've been married in June. Well, and then interestingly, we stayed long distance for basically the bulk of the engagement. Yeah, so that was, that was right before New Year, and you weren't living in California until right before your birthday when yeah, you lived I with the family from out. church. So we got married in California. I moved out there about six weeks before the wedding. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And just to make it clear, you did live with uh, an old couple from church. Mm -hmm. So no, we didn't live together before we were married. And, and that is important for a lot of people oh, to yeah. realize. 
Yeah, so you moved out to California, stayed with the uh, older couple there, and we're still in contact with her. He's yeah. uh, since gone home and has then gone home to be with the Lord, and she still writes us like clockwork every mm-hmm. single Christmas time. And anniversary. And I am absolutely certain she prays for us every single night because that's just what she does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that was, as you said, the rest is history. So did you have, you know, because it is, it is a little abnormal going from totally long distance to like we met face to face and three days later we're engaged and then six months later we're married. What would you say were some of the like adjustments that had to be made just due to the circumstances surrounding how we met? Well, I don't know if it was as much circumstantial. Just the fact that, I mean, I was, I don't want to use the word more mature you had like a decade more life experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had been living on my own since I was 17. Yeah. I had been paying my own way. Yeah. You're only four years older than me, but like I said, life experience-wise was about a decade. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so there was there was a lot of difference. I was mm-hmm. used to being able to set my own schedule, right, right. to do my own whatever I wanted. I didn't have to, you know, worry. I mean, even when we were courting, I don't use the term dating. But I never had to worry about, you know, like, I, if I wanted to go out to dinner, I could go out to dinner. Right. You know, yeah. if I wanted mm-hmm. to stay up late, I could stay up late. If, you know, whatever it was, there was never any need to, you know, kind of clear things with a girlfriend yeah, or any right, of that. Right. It was just, yeah. it was who I was, you know. Yeah. And so there was a, a a period of adjustment. I think we handled it well. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely a lot different going from, yeah. you know, 100% me to all of a sudden, you know, I have this bride to, you know, mm-hmm. deal <laughs> deal to with. Deal I make with. it <laughs> I, I make it sound a lot worse than it was, but oh, that's, that's a big change, you know. And oh, we didn't is, have yeah. that kind of gradual stepping into it. Right. We, it was we all really of a sudden didn't... like yeah. as soon as you moved to California, mm-hmm. even though we weren't living together, it was yeah. like I was paying for all of your mm-hmm. food. I was, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that... Well, I am it, a freeloader. You are. No, no. <laughs> I mean, we went grocery shopping together. I right. mean, because you were eating at my yeah. place. Yeah. You just, you weren't living with me, but we were mm-hmm. spending a lot of time together as yeah. we were engaged. Right, right. Yeah. I think for me, the biggest thing was just not realizing that just because we talked for three hours a night when we were long distance, I just kind of assumed that that that's what life is going to look like. Like you would come home from work and sit down on the couch and we talk for three hours. And interestingly, like even now when you come home from work, you sit down on the couch and we talk. It's not three hours. No, it's we, like 20 minutes. Yeah, but we, you know, pretty much without fail, kind of just make that part of part of the day. Mm-hmm. So I think the way we met, it made us really good at talking things out. I remember early on, I forget what it was, and I don't even remember if it was a joke or not, but like it was easier when we had conflict to talk about it over the phone. Mm, Do you remember that? I, I don't, don't remember the exact situation. I think you talked about it, but I don't remember that actually happening. Maybe it way. was just a joke, like our first fight, I'm going to have to get on the phone and go into one bedroom yeah. and you on the phone because we were so used to that. Yeah. You know, so I think one of the adjustments for me was kind of like what you said, just the, the day-to-day living. It was like, oh, he likes watching movies. I didn't even know that. You did, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like we were watching movies together on the weekends, right? You know, I was uh, 
three time zones away from you. I think the biggest adjustment for you was learning that you had to share me with Reggie White. With Reggie White, yes. Because you still today, <laughs> I mean, just this weekend, you made another comment. I had a Reggie White poster on my wall because I'm a huge Packers fan and an even huger Reggie White fan. And some of you, many of you may not even know who he is or was. But there was a poster on my wall that said something like Reggie White can bench press your house and he has more sacks than a grocery store. And mm -hmm. you just the other day said, you know, you're <laughs> like, you can bench press your house. I'm like, are you ever going to forget that poster? It was weird. I did ask you, like, can we can we maybe move this poster? Because, like, <laughs> is this big, burly, like, football player, like, not quite life-size, but really big. <laughs> it wasn't that big. It was a standard Staring poster. Staring at me while I sleep. It was weird. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. That, I think that might have been the biggest adjustment that you're still trying to work on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't we don't have Reggie White posters in the home anymore. That you know of. Yeah, right. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> we go out in the garage and there's a Reggie White shrine. <laughs> hey, you know, I did like him an awful lot. <laughs> so, well, I can't think of anything else that our listeners would be dying to know. Can you? Dying to know? Probably not. But I, I would say that, you know, our... Our story, well, and our story does go a lot deeper when we get into the way our friends and, you know, things like that, as terms of the marriages that came out of our courtship, oh, right. you know, because uh -huh. we had this, like, weird marriage triangle where, you know, <laughs> that like... That sounds really bad. It, it was... It does, but <laughs> it my best triangle, man yeah. met your maid of honor yeah. at our wedding the mm -hmm. day before our wedding, and yeah. they got married a year... About 14, 15 months after yeah. our wedding. And then our photographer married the woman who kind of introduced you and me to each other. Yeah. So, yeah, we had two other really close couples who all kind of ended up getting together as a result of, of Yeah, of, of all that, yeah. yeah. So And here we are, you know, still occasionally talking, not as, as frequently as maybe we could have, but because yeah, we're all in, you know, different states right, all over right. the country, all over the West. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's amazing how those things that we never would have thought about, you know, turned into, you know, 25 years or 25, almost 20 years later, still yeah. having effects on, on relationships yeah, and things yeah. like that. We've got three kids now. I've written a lot more books since then. Yeah. And... And yeah. we still spend every every time I come home from work, the dog yeah. puts her head on your shoulder. Yeah. And Our couch uh, time. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for doing this interview with me. My, my love. pleasure. It's always fun to share our story, and that was one of the fun parts for me because it is a neat story, and God was definitely involved in each and every step. Absolutely. Yeah. It's you know it's very clear that this was literally a match made in heaven mm -hmm. <laughs> and that you know even i think about the weekend that i started researching mission trips and found the organization that paired me with you yeah you were like homesick right from something. i was supposed to go to a church retreat and had a little cold and decided to stay home and social distancing i social distanced before it was cool yeah <laughs> You know, even that was very much, you know, so clearly God's timing. Providential, absolutely. Yeah, you know, the way we met, I think that had we met face-to-face, -face, we wouldn't have really had much in common. No, uh, you yeah, know, I agree. Because I was still really young. I was, you know, like I was going into my last year of college, but I was only 19. Mm. Like I turned 20 and like a week later graduated college. So I was still very young mm -hmm. in terms of life experience and just chronologically. And you were, 
you, like you said, you had been. I was a guy own. of the world. You were yeah. an adult. You know, I still thought of myself as a kid, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was. I think I would have been intimidated by you had we met face to face. Yeah. And so I think the way. That well, it and came just about... even the way we spent our time, like you mentioned, watching movies and things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. that wasn't something that you did, and it was something that I did. So we right. probably wouldn't have. You know, even gone on a date. Right, right. Because it just... You would have been like, hey, you want to go to a movie? I'd be like, why? Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, why waste our time on a movie? You know, like... And so, yeah, no, we, I, don't, I completely agree. You know, uh-huh. we, we've talked about it before. We never would have ended up together had yeah. we followed a, a More traditional mm-hmm. style of mm-hmm. courtship. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that is the story of how Scott and I met, which is, again, pretty closely how Susanna and Scott met in What Dreams May Come, which you can listen to in its entirety as season five of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Podcast. I'm not entirely sure what book is coming up next, but I often will let the members in our Patreon community put that up for a vote. So if you want to make sure that you get to help pick which audiobook is coming next, you can sign up at patreon.com slash Terry. And again, this is my husband, Scott. Oh, if you guys want to hear more from us, we have a podcast we do together every week called the Level Up Personal Development Podcast. Yep. So that might be a fun one if you just want to hear more about what we're doing. We talk about health and fitness and creativity and just different ways to be your best self. And I guess that's it. Yeah. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Scott, for being my husband. My pleasure. (laughs) I am very, very happy to do it. Thank you for letting me read your journal 18 years ago or whatever it was. Which we don't actually have anymore. That's sad. Yeah, I don't even know if it exists anywhere. Yeah, I don't know either. I forgot what I... Oh, thank you for having such good grammar. Yes. That that really is what got the ball rolling. I'm glad I talked goodly. (laughs) Thank you to uh, Mr. Dostoevsky for writing Crime and Punishment. Fyodor, Fyodor, Fyodor. (laughs) So that I could go to Russia, so that I could meet my husband. And thank you guys for listening. We hope that you're staying healthy and safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.